Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast host Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, guys, and welcome to another new episode of Couch Talks on Uni Therapy Podcast. My name is Kat. I am your host. If you are new and you don't know what Couch Talks is, it is simply the bonus episode of Unit Therapy that comes out on Wednesdays where I answer questions that you guys email to me. And you can email those to Catherine, K A T H R Y N, at unitherapypodcast.com. Now, although I'm a therapist and I'm answering your questions on here, I have to remind you that this is not a substitute for therapy, it does not replace therapy, it is not therapy, but it might help you in your own therapy process. It might get you into therapy, it might help you start talking about something else, it might open your eyes to something, but it itself is not therapy. Now we usually just do one question a week and we're gonna stick to that today and I really like this question, so I wanna get right into it so we have time to talk about it. As always, we keep all of these Uh, questions, the people that write them and send them in, we keep them anonymous. So no worries if you have a question, but you're like, oh, I don't want anybody to know that I'm asking this. I got you. I'm not going to say your name. So there's that. I'll read your email, but I'm not going to say your name. So here is our question for today. Hi, Kat. I love your podcast and the work you do. So thank you for putting it out there. I've got a question related to food restriction and intuitive eating. I have heard you say multiple times that once you stop restricting food, then it becomes less taboo, off limits, etc., and less tempting. Basically, that when you give yourself permission to eat the food, then you can eat it in a healthy, reasonable way and not binge. Where does somebody start with this? I have always had a huge sweet tooth and I grew up sneaking sweets from my mom who really disapproved and was always on one diet or another. I feel like as an adult now, I've given myself permission to eat sweets. In fact, I eat sweets all of the time, like way too much. 
it really is not healthy because it pushes out room for me to eat more nutritious foods with vitamins, minerals, etc. And I know I'm putting a label on it as in quotes bad, but I promise you it is. Some sweets would not be bad, but the amount I eat cannot be healthy. I feel like I still have that hurry up and eat it all while you can mentality, even though I'm a grown up who has given myself permission to eat sweets and who does, in fact, buy myself sweets regularly. What am I missing and where do I start? I would love if you were able to address this on your podcast slash couch talks. Thanks. Okay. I love this question. And I know we've been doing a lot of talk around this in the last probably month and that's okay. We're going to have moments where we talk a lot about eating disorders, food, body image, intuitive eating, all of that. And then we're going to have moments where we don't really bring it up for a while. And this has just been a moment where that stuff has been coming up. And I think that one of those reasons is this stuff gets brought up a lot more when the summer does come around because everybody's doing their summer body diets and we're focused more on what we look like and our, our skin might show more and that might make us more self-conscious but then might affect the way we're eating or how we're even talking to ourselves. And so I just want to say that if you're newer to this podcast, it's not an eating disorder podcast. However, I do specialize in eating disorders, so we talk about it. And I'm glad someone asked this because I know you're not alone in feeling stuck in this place. I know you're not. And there's a, probably a lot of people that are wondering the same thing, but just might not have asked it or feel like it should be easier. So they're not asking it. So thank you for being brave and asking this question so we can talk about it. And this is where we have to look at the nuance in disordered eating and eating disorders. They aren't a one-size-fits-all, and while we can identify themes and generalizations, not everyone is going to respond the same way to anything. Here I think you're referring to the idea that I talk about a lot around how restricted food becomes like magic when we can't have it. It's like saying, don't think of a pink elephant. Well, I'm probably then going to think of a pink elephant. We tend to want more of something when it isn't as available to us, or if it's taboo, or it's bad, or it's wrong, then we actually get to have it, we might engage in it more, or excessively. Like if I can only have cake once a year, I better be getting like a huge slice of cake, or like four huge slices of cake, rather than just a regular size portion. Now, the tricky part here is when we start to allow foods back in our lives, we often do end up going through a period of overeating. In my own story, when I started being less restrictive and started to allow myself to eat certain foods again, it came out as binging on those foods for a while. And then when I started doing that, that's when my exercise addiction kind of kicked up a couple notches because that was my form of purging. So we have to be really careful the way that we are doing this because allowing yourself to engage in something might then just kind of flip flop into another form of an unhealthy eating pattern or exercise pattern or just another eating disorder behavior. So that's why with a lot of this, it's not just about the food. It's a lot of times something deeper. And so just changing your behavior isn't the only thing that's going to matter. There's going to be some other stuff with it, which is why that nuance comes in and why things are so different for a lot of different people when it comes to eating disorders and addiction and mental health at all is because we all have our own stories woven in to our behaviors. So one of the things I would really suggest here is scaffolding. 
And when I say scaffolding, I mean you don't just jump in head first. You create a ladder system that helps you little by little get to your goal without throwing you in head first and just being like, okay, make a 180 degree change on your own and just do it now. This is one of the reasons that social media creates misinformation by simplifying concepts like intuitive eating. It isn't that simple for someone coming from an eating disorder and it's something that takes a lot of time to learn versus you understand the concept and now you just do it. Intuitive eating requires building a relationship with your body again from sometimes ground zero. And when we engage in eating disorder behaviors, a side effect is often a lack of hunger cues or an inability to trust or read hunger cues. So just intuitively eating wouldn't make any sense. You wouldn't be able to do it. So if you have a bowl of your favorite candy in front of you and I said, okay, listen to your body and eat, it would essentially be a free for all and that wouldn't really be fair to you. In eating disorder treatment, while someone is working to develop their hunger cues again and build trust with their body, which would require you to consistently feed your body an adequate amount of nutrition that includes all food groups, except of course, when there's like an allergy or something like that going on and learning to tolerate the anxiety around this, we gradually introduce foods that used to be off limits to that specific person or would be categorized as binge foods to that person. And we would practice eating them mindfully as part of their process, their treatment process. So I wouldn't say just go sit in front of the TV with this entire bag of your favorite candy or, or cookies or any of that, uh, whatever it is, it could be chips, I wouldn't say go sit in front of a TV and do this alone while you're watching TV for three hours. That would be a disaster waiting to happen. It, it would not be a very smart thing to suggest to anybody. We would practice eating those things together and process the experience. And it's not just about the physical experience. It's about the emotional one too, because our emotions do have an effect on our hunger and fullness cues. This listener mentioned growing up in a home where her mom was always on a diet and sweets were associated with disapproval from mom. Well, that could turn into a lot of things. And not only did you develop a pattern of having to binge them because you were sneaking them and there was probably a, a lack of actually enjoying that food for um, what it is, you're also developing some feeling while engaging in the experience. And there might be a thought and a belief associated with that as well. This is something that for sure cannot just be snapped out of. So if you're continuing to overeat certain foods, there probably or might be more to the story than they just taste good and I crave them all the time. The rest of that story is probably really crucial to your individual process. It's hard to work on this alone. And that's what I want whoever's listening to this podcast and struggling with something like this as well. I want you to know it's hard to work on this alone. If you feel like you keep like messing up or not getting it right or being disappointed in yourself, this is hard because it's hard, not because you're bad at like trying to work on yourself. This is really hard to do alone, especially out in the real world, because you can at any moment get any food that you want, essentially. It's really hard to create boundaries for yourself and stick to them. And this isn't about willpower. Willpower isn't the thing that we really want you to work on. Right here, you need to figure out, how do I make it the easiest for me to succeed in what I'm looking to succeed in? This is going to look different for everybody. If you've been trying to mindfully incorporate sweets into your life again, how have you been doing that? Like, I would be really curious as to like, what has this looked like? It's, is it just a free for all? And I can have whatever I want whenever I want it. And I listen to my body and what I'm asking for. It, and then I give it to myself. Have you been buying like 
big bags of whatever it is or big boxes or whatever it is that your favorite thing is and just having them in your house and then they end up like talking to you through the pantry or are you buying like individualized sized bags of things and then you're not feeling satisfied and you feel like you're restricting yourself in that like I would be really curious as like what have you been doing to try to incorporate this into your life and like if you keep trying to do the same thing over and over, we know that that's the definition of insanity when we're expecting a different result after trying to do something over and over and over and over again. So what I've been trying to do, what hasn't worked? Okay, what is it that I'm working towards and how do I make that the easiest for me to succeed? It may require more than just you working on this and it may require more than just you focusing on the food because a lot of times it's not about the food. And that's what a lot of times we miss when we're listening to podcasts or we're reading captions on social media or we're reading just a book about something, we're generalizing stuff and then we're not getting to the root issues, which a lot of times the root issues, it's not about the food. It's not about what I'm eating. It's about why I'm eating it. I want you guys to know that it's seldom a smooth process. This process is seldom a, just a smooth, easy process. There's going to be days where you overeat. There's going to be days that, where you want to restrict. There's going to be days where you feel great. And there's going to be days that you feel shame for whatever it is that you ate or didn't eat. Eating disorder recovery and disordered eating recovery, it's a bumpy ride. And although there's like a huge, like there's a big light at the end of the tunnel, and I want you guys to know that, the tunnel can be really long. Depending on your history and your consistency with the work that you're doing, intuitive eating can take six months to multiple years to really master. So you got to bring in some grace and a whole lot of patience during the process. And again, I just want to throw out this disclaimer again, if I, I don't know if I said this as clearly as I want to say it. You got to take what I'm offering even on this podcast gently. We're all different. So we should be examining our own experience and not just accepting what has been generalized to the masses. It's really hard to just do this on your own. So if it is possible for you, if it's possible for whoever's listening to this that's struggling with this, if you have the ability to find a registered dietitian or find a licensed therapist that specializes in eating disorders, I want to really encourage you to do that. It really can make a huge difference in your process and help you. I kind of identify the blind spots that you can't just do on your own. Because again, if you hear anything else in today's episode, eating disorders and disordered eating, it's not just about the food and our behaviors are not just tied to the food. They're a lot of times tied to our stories, tied to our belief systems and tied to our feelings. So we got to get in there as well. Okay, so as always, I hope that this was helpful and I hope that somebody gained some kind of insight to this and whoever is struggling with any of this out there, I just want you to know that like I totally feel you. I've been there. And again, remember, there is a light at the end of the tunnel. The tunnel can just feel really long and we got to stay in the tunnel till we see the light. So if you have any more questions about any of this, again, remember you can email me, Catherine at unitherapypodcast.com. You can follow me at cat.defada on Instagram and you can follow the podcast at at unitherapypodcast on Instagram. As always, I hope you have the day you need to have. I will be back with you guys on Monday. Bye. Every family has an origin story, one passed down through the generations. Mine happens to be a mystery involving my great-great-grandmother left behind in Sicily. I'm Joe Piazza, and my new podcast, 
will transport you to the gorgeous island of Sicily as I trace my roots back through a whodunit for the ages. Listen to The Sicilian Inheritance on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Welcome to season nine of Next Question with me, Katie Couric. I've got some big news to share with you in our season premiere featuring the one and only Chris Jenner. Oh my gosh, congratulations. That is very, very exciting. And that's just the beginning. We'll also be joined by podcast hosts Jay Shetty, Hillary Clinton, Renee Fleming, Liz Cheney, and many more. So come on in, take a break from the incessant negativity for a weekly dose of fascinating conversations. Some of them, I promise, will actually put you in a good mood. Listen to Next Question with me, Katie Couric, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.